0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. More and more we are hearing of a turning tide on the issue of abortion around the world. The biggest change has happened to the US, where the President, Donald Trump, just a couple of decades ago was pro-choice or pro-abortion in every respect, but... At the end of January, just last week, he showed the biggest turnaround, speaking at the U.S. March for Life. He's become an unlikely hero who is signalling an end to abortion in the United States. Well, just how significant is this? Well, Australia's very own Tishan Johnson, who is Executive Director of Cherish Life in Queensland, was in the US for the March for Life and was one of 250,000 people in the crowd that turned out to that rally. Tishan Johnson, a special welcome back to 2020.
1: Hi, Neil. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Titian, give us a little impression of what the atmosphere was like. That many people, all passionate pro-life, and the President of the United States arrives. Give us a little impression about the atmosphere on the day.
1: It was absolutely electric. People were almost at fever pitch. We were all like, oh my gosh, the president's coming. A lot of young people, I'd say predominantly young, a lot of college type, um, people with their college hats on their beanies, uh, we're all just like, oh my gosh, the president's coming. And it was standing room only. We're all like practically crushed. Um, people were really excited. Some people were cheery. Some people were cheering. We love you. Um, a lot of Trump flags, a lot of make, make America great again there's a lot of Trump-type paraphernalia in the crowd. Um, it was very, very, very exciting. And this is the first time the uh, secular press... Australia and large parts of America have actually turned up to cover the rally. You know, it's the biggest rally anywhere in the world ever. Um, It really struggled to get mainstream press, but because the president was speaking, they had to turn up. So that was really good.
0: (laughs) Uh, You know, one point uh, I read some commentary uh, which says a lot of people glossed over this very significant fact that when we're talking 250,000 people turning out, uh, predominantly a young crowd, and that might be a surprise to a lot of people listening, but uh, give us your impression. Uh, Were there a lot of gray hair people around you, or were these people really all very young?
1: A lot of them were young, Neil. I mean, there were some older ones, um, there were some people about my age in the 30s to 40s and then more people who were obviously college students or high school students and I would say they were in the vast majority. Um, they're really excited. I think there's a whole generation coming through, all well, statistics are showing this, that um, they're not necessarily pro-life, but they're anti-abortion, because I've seen the damage that abortion does, both to the unborn, but also women. i have had mothers or friends who've had an abortion, and I know it just doesn't work well for women. So it's becoming more and more mainstream to be pro-life now. In fact, they say about 60% of um, Americans identify as pro-life. There has been a massive pendulum switch, uh, shift in the last probably 30 to 40 years in America. It's amazing. It's incredible what we're seeing.
0: Now, this is not the first foray into pro-life issues that Donald Trump has made. In fact, uh, actions speak louder than words, and he's been an action man when it comes to pro-life issues. I wonder whether you can recount uh, some uh, some of the significant things that he's done since he's been in office.
1: Absolutely. It is incredible. He's been there three years and he's done more than what any other president of the USA has ever done, ever. And he's done more than what our Prime Minister has, any of our Conservative Prime Ministers. What he's done for the unborn has been unprecedented. Like, who would have thought Donald Trump? I wouldn't have thought it, but God, (laughs) it's amazing what's happened. So what he's done is he, uh, in terms of judiciary, he's appointed 187 conservative slash pro-life judges to federal courts across America and two of those are to the Supreme Court. Now, Supreme Court appointments are particularly important because they need to overturn Roe versus Wade um, and another abortion case uh, called colloquially colloquially called DOE um, in order to basically shift abortion laws right across America. So Roe v. Wade was a case in 1973 um, that overturned Texas's very prohibitive abortion laws, which basically said um, the American Constitution basically leaves it open to the woman whether or not she wants an abortion. Basically, the states don't have much rule. They haven't got much authority to rule for prohibitive abortion laws. So it effectively undermined a lot of states' very restrictive abortion laws. So it helped to herald in open cyber abortion across America. So a lot of um, the conservatives believe this was totally um, unconstitutional, what these judges did. Funnily enough, it was seven men. They talk about men not telling women what to do with their body. Well, it was seven men who ushered in that grievous law across America. But the two Supreme Court judges, they need one to two more, and Trump should be appointing another one or two this year, hopefully, um, will mean they can overturn Roe v. Wade and Joe v. Bolton, the other abortion case they need to overturn. He's also... Um, a lot of governments uh, do research on fetal tissue. What he has said is, uh, while, I'm, while I'm here, my government will not do fetal tissue research on babies from elective abortions. So they only will do it on miscarried babies. So that that showing some respect to, who won't go near aborted babies, elective
0: abortions. Okay, so there's um, some significant things there. Simply the yes. appointment of pro-life judges, and you said 187, and that's not just yes. that's not the ones on the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, that's uh, still more to come. And as if there are two more Supreme Court judges, then that can trigger the opportunity to overturn Roe versus Wade and that other case you mentioned. So uh, banning yes. fetal tissue research, defunding Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. Uh, that yes. particular policy which subsidises organisations that provide abortions overseas. Uh, there's yes. strong conscientious objection rights for healthcare professionals. It's a very, very significant thing. But come back to this Roe versus Wade, and uh, Australians yes. are familiar with that too. Um, mm. That is, in fact, the March for Life is held on the anniversary of that decision each year. Correct. And yep. you're saying that it is in sight now that that can be overturned, and what would that do in American states that would allow them to roll back those laws?
1: Almost overnight, we would see about 50% of US states criminalise abortion again. Almost overnight in America, abortion would become almost illegal in about half the states where they have Republican governors, Republican who are pro-life. Predominantly they are, but these are conservative Republicans. Overnight, the face of America would change in regards to the treatment of youngborn. It would be huge. And that's why there is such a hideous fight. This is why there is so much, I believe, um, accusation, false accusation, so much hate towards Donald Trump because the abortion lobbies livered, um, hand in hand with the Democrats. Um, a lot of what we're seeing is actually a, a fight with abortion versus, you know, opposed to abortion versus, pre- um, for abortion. So it's his meal. You know, we're looking at history about to be made. Some people say he needs one more um, conservative appointee to the Supreme Court in terms of a judge. Some people say two. Um, the people I was speaking with said probably two. But he's not far off. There's another um, more left judge who should be retiring this year. And um, then hopefully he'll get another one in as well. Uh, Tishan, your hard. thoughts. It's
0: <laughs> yes, your thoughts on the cynicism that comes from. The commentary that says, uh, "You know, you're being played." Here's the president. It's an election year. He needs that block of pro-life voters to be re-elected. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on 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 whether that is a, a cynical uh, commentary around uh, about about his appearance there at the at the rally?
1: Well, obviously, we all know he's had a very colourful past, but we also know a number of Bible figures also had a colourful past. Um, I can't really comment on the sincerity of his apparent faith, but I look at his actions and they're extremely pro-life. Yes, he he knows he needs the pro-life block vote, otherwise he simply will lose. But on the other hand, he's delivering. Some people try to get the Christian vote and they don't deliver but he has delivered and he has surrounded himself with a lot of good pro-lifers. Mike Pence, for example, born-again Christian, pro-lifer, that's the deputy president, very, very strong pro-lifer. A lot of his policy people, Trump's policy people, are pro-lifers. So whether or not it is his personal view that he holds deep in his heart, and he did certainly say that in no uncertain terms in his speech, he certainly is following through. I personally think he's sincere. I think he has had a change of heart, but even if he hasn't, we know what Paul said, and I think it was Philippians, he said, even if people preach for self selfish motives, as long as the gospel's been preached. Do you know what I mean? I don't really care. God bless him. I hope it's for his sake, but I the fruit is so good I'm like great he yeah. has to be the one people vote for in the coming election. And look if he
0: is not re-elected uh, what are your thoughts for uh, what might happen in the US and recognising that this is a global leadership that happens because of that Roe versus Wade decision uh, a lot of the Western world followed that but uh, of course if the Democrats are elected later this year I imagine they just sort of you know roll everything that Trump has done back again.
1: That is a very, very big concern. So you touched on what's called the Mexico City policy. So basically Trump, in his first week of administration, reinstated a policy which meant funding uh, to foreign aid entities who provide abortions in impoverished countries would be slashed. So that's something Trump reinstated. But we know if the Democrats get in, they'll simply... Reverse that again. So suddenly we do pay, well, Americans do pay for people to have abortions overseas in impoverished nations. We know that they would, um, Trump's done some changes to Obamacare. So there's more transparency when Obamacare is being used to pay for an abortion. We, we know that the Democrats would make that opaque again. We know that they'd put in their judges, which are all pro-abortion. So we know that they would start using government money for, um, aborted babies, fetal tissue research again. So all the good work he's done will be rolled back very quickly is the thought so it's terrifying and then uh, the pro-lifers have to then wait four years, get a hopefully pro-life president in and then have to start the work again. So it's it's literally, we have this window in time where we have to get (laughs) Trump back in and then he can put the last nail in the coffin of Roe vs. Wade, and then we start to get some real pro-life movement in America and babies being saved and women being saved.
0: Okay, Tisha, I can't let you go without asking what you think this might mean for Australia. Uh, Given the momentum Mm. that's there and given the possibility of uh, overturning that law, uh, is it something that you would see as a major effect on the pro-life battle that's going on in Australia?
1: It will have an effect Neil. It really does. Um, Often Western countries, particularly English speaking countries, do follow the US trends. I know Australia is becoming more pro-life but we're still seeing um, the equivalent of Democrats, which is the Labor Party here, bringing in extreme abortion laws. But then again we have a case in New South Wales where it was came under a Liberal government, a Liberal Premier. She sided with Greens and an Independent who was like a Green. So Yes, we are becoming more pro-life, but there's a bit of a lag with it actually catching up on politics and also our, our legal system's a little bit different. But there are some federal initiatives that our federal government could do to make abortion less bad throughout Australia, but it is administered at a state and territory level. So I think we will be seeing some wins for life um, in the years to come, the next five to ten years, um, but it will actually will mean we have to get very strong pro lifers as, as premiers of the different states and territories. And then actually take some ground for life. Because the last, you know, 50 years we've been trying to hold ground for life and then sometimes we'll have a win and that we don't lose and then some, suddenly the pro-life movement will have a loss. So it's been really hard and nasty in Australia for a long time. But I think we are going to see that turnaround and America definitely is part of it. Because um, mostly I would say cultural. Culturally there's been a shift. And that's happening in Australia as well, the way we think about pregnancy and the unborn and women.
0: Okay, hard and nasty, a battle that is to be fought, and it won't ever be won unless there are people who'll make sure that they are a part of it and doing whatever they can to assist in making sure those things move forward in Australia. I'll point people to your website, cherishlife.org.au, Tishan Johnson is Executive Director of Cherish Life in Queensland and uh, loves to interact with all of the pro-life organisations around the nation. But uh, you can connect with Tishan at cherishlife.org.au. Tishan, thanks so much for the update today on 2020.
1: Thank you, Neil. Thanks for having me. God bless.